Testing, testing, testing. Blah, 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 blah. Ready, set, go. It's time for the Coach Amy and Coach Liz Show. A podcast for endurance athletes by two athletes, two coaches, and a physical therapist. We are your hosts, Coach Amy and Coach Liz. Coming to you from Kansas, Kansas City. City. Hello, people. <laughs> Good morning from Coach Amy and Liz. Um, I We have to start off this podcast oh talking gosh. about last week because our goal last week, <laughs> our goal uh-huh. was to record this podcast. Mm-hmm. How did it go? Uh-huh. It was a... It was a dumpster fire. It was a disaster. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it started off a lot like, okay, I don't, Liz, have you ever seen me in that? No. Like, okay. That's rare to see me that way, but I used to be that way a lot more often. Well, good for you. Which was like, for, you know, right. Yeah. Like getting through PT school my first year was a little bit like that. Oh my <laughs> being gosh. around me. Okay. So over the, over time, I've developed some strategies and it's much like. You're calm now? <laughs> I have places I can get myself to, and I harness what I've learned with running and over the years, and it's that same kind of place of calm and relax. You try to get that calm and relaxation, tamp it down. But when we started out this po- first, before you even arrived to do podcasting, right, David said to me, this is my husband, he says to me, I'm worried for you and Liz. And I was like, oh my God, my heart literally sunk to my stomach because I was like, what was our last podcast really sucky poo? Like, why are you, what are you saying? He's like, well, I don't think you guys have anything in the can, do you? And I was like, well, no. And he's like, well, that's not good. So then I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) so then, and then you arrive. Oh my God. Well, and what happens? What? I mean, we, so we were coming off the holidays. Yep. And the holidays are a special time. And mm-hmm. I feel they require a lot of energy in a lot of different ways. And I think we were both freaking exhausted. Yes. We were exhausted, yeah. not recovered from the holidays. Yeah. And then we loaded our slingshot. I did that for that day. That I loaded it so in terms of like, oh, we have podcast meeting. And then directly after that, I've got this thing. And then directly after that, I've got this thing. So I loaded my day up. Oh, really? Yes. yes. So that did not help. Um, and I'm the type of person, if you, like, have you ever played those games with that hourglass thing? And you oh, yeah. And you over the hourglass? Oh, yeah, the timer. I, I can see you doing really well. Oh, no. No? Well, I'm just, I'm bad at games. The, the hourglass thing, I'm just like, I get so stressed about the games because I suck at them and I'm just like, screw it. <laughs> okay, so you just kind of let yourself go with like, who cares? Okay, I... Freak. So we play this game. We play lots of games in our family, but there's this one game that has the hourglass thing. And literally this was like, everyone has to make a list of what one of the topics was make a list of all within this time period, all of the countries in Asia. Ooh. Okay. But, but, but this is like, but there's lots of different topics with this game. It's a super fun, but they flip it over. And all I can do is watch the <laughs> sand going out. Oh my gosh. I cannot think of one country oh in Asia. Okay, geography is not my my strong point. My, my family will tell you it's the worst, but I couldn't come up with one. I oh. literally was watching the sand. My throat's closing up. I'm like, <gasps> like, okay. And this was happening during our podcast last week when oh. we were trying to work. I'm watching this. Look at this little, do you see that? It says 845 right yeah. there at the top. Yeah. I watched that thing 
tick forward, tick forward, tick forward, literally the entire time. I could not focus. That is that is interesting. Because I'm like, oh, we haven't even started recording today yet. We haven't even, we have nothing in the can. This is what was going through my head. It's completely cray cray. I mean, but it's such a good real life example. I feel like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I mean, I do that stuff all the time. Right. But and it's I think a most good example do. of how like we set up our goal that we had to record that podcast last week. And yeah. at least in my mind it was. And then I had to get all these things done this day. Yeah. Um, and then at the end we had to just call a timeout. Like we just had to walk away from it. Yeah. We walked away. We recorded some, like we had some little things that we could throw in there and, yeah. and release but, you know, it's so, I think that that is just, because I can get myself so wrapped around the axle and it just completely impedes your ability to get anything done that you need to get done. Right. Right. And it just, all you can focus on is how you're not getting it done. Right. That's exactly what happened. Okay. So, so what we did was we took a recovery week and <laughs> calmed ourselves down and then, and now here we are. We are like meditative yogis this morning. Yeah. And I'm, no. As you can totally imagine. You sound so calm. <laughs> with three cups of coffee and but you know what is our goal today our goal is to talk about goals um and we want to talk about some of the mistakes that we see with goal setting especially at this time of year yeah. but just in general with goal setting for endurance sport mm-hmm. so what are some of the mistakes that endurance athletes make. Well, you know, I've noticed, so we're recording this in January and my favorite thing right now is that I open up the training peaks platform where, where, you know, my, we communicate with athletes and there's just like a, a a brain dump of races in their training peaks calendar. Like they've just picked anything that looks like it has a cool t-shirt or a cool medal. And like there's 15 races in three weeks in their calendar. It just, which is apparently fine. And then you also get that email. And we get the email. This is my goals for the year. And there's like not only some unrealistic possible goals, but also so many Many. things that you want to try to change at once. Some ambitious goals. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, you also, at this time of year, I feel like um, we get very hopeful about our um, pace goals or like qualification goals. So there's lots of things about, you know, we haven't even really gotten into training for the year, but you'll get goals about like a a certain time or, um, yeah, a qualification that that may not necessarily be rooted in, in the training. Sometimes. Yeah, Rudy. <laughs> yes. Like, it's it's probably, it maybe it's long time away. It may be a long, long time away. Yeah, more of a long-term yeah. goal. But we also see um, unrealistic jumps in race distances. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we have this, you know, the person who maybe last season just completed their first 5K. And then we're going to jump up. I would like to do now. Oh, my next race is going to be this next very next season is going to be a half marathon or a full marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I see that with triathlon, like going from sprint distance to a full Ironman is really not an unco- it's not as uncommon as you would think. Right. Within like a couple seasons or within that same within year, a season, right? Or yeah. sometimes they pick Ironman to do as their first, which you know people do it, right? So right. we're it's, just saying examples of this is our dream world of like it would be so great if. You take a little more time. Yes. But you don't see these unrealistic jumps in swimming distances, so do weird. you? No, I've only had one person ever tell me they want to swim the English Channel. And they were they were like a collegiate swimmer. No okay. one ever comes to me and is like, I just want to really go after the I swim. Want, right. What are some other examples of, of mistakes that endurance athletes will make? 
Well, you know, a, a big one, I think, sometimes. Because, you know, our years ebb and flow and our goals ebb and flow. And I think, you know, sometimes we take breaks for, you know, maybe you're just burned out. Maybe you have a baby. Maybe you're taking care of a sick parent or your kids get busy or whatever. So you've taken, a, you know, a pretty substantial break from your training. And then you decide that this upcoming year you can go back to it. And you want to pick up where you left off your previous time when you were super fit forgetting that like how much work it took to get super fit and what it will require to actually get there again and so you just expect your body to show up and do what it was doing maybe two years ago when you PR'd your 70.3 right and so then I might show up with a goal of like all right I want to do another Mm 70.3 right now and I want to beat that time yeah yeah Uh, I mean which you know it's it's easy to think that and it's because I think you get super fit and you forget what it actually takes to get there yeah yeah and another mistake we see is not honoring our body. We're mm. maybe we're battling a chronic injury, and we're not gonna, taking that to account in our with our goals, um, and we're not being kind of honest with ourselves that this injury is a part of. It needs to be considered. Yeah. In our goal, and you know, I think newer athletes. Well, not even just newer athletes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me let <laughs> rephrase <laughs> all of us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, we sometimes can be overly optimistic about how how healed we are in our process and and what the comeback will look like. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. I mean, I still do it. So. So, these are the mistakes that we that we see endurance athletes make, but. I think it's good to ask, like, wh- what are some of the reasons we, why why do we make these mistakes? Yes. What are some of the factors that are influencing these mistakes? And wh- one of the things I see is that there's a pressure either internally or externally that, oh, my friends are doing this, this race, or... Um, I'm seeing this on social media and wanting to join that bandwagon. It's joining the bandwagon effect. Um, And... Well, you know, and and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing at all. I think right. for a lot of people, like you know, sports is a is an outlet, and it's you connect. It's certainly great socially, so that isn't you know the issue at all. I always tell my athletes, my job is to make sure that you know your goals are in line with. Um, your training or your training are in line with your goals. So if your goal is to be social and do it for fun, that that is reflected in like what you expect, you know, to, you know, your finish time to be or that kind of thing. So if that's your reason and that's your goal, that's great. Yeah. But you don't get to like move your goalpost and suddenly like decide that, you know, you signed up because your friends are doing it and then you sort of half-ass your training and then you show up on race day and think that suddenly we're going to PR. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a really hard place to be. So I feel like my job as a coach to be like, Sure, if you want to do it socially, that is beautiful, yeah. and that's going to reflect your finishing goal. Yeah, and and also, that needs to be realistic. If you've never run, mm. or, uh, like say you've only run a 5K, and your group, your friends and your group are training for a marathon, it might not be realistic, even if it is for social and yes. fun reasons and a completion goal, it still might not be realistic to go with them to do that yes. full marathon. Um, and, so you know, there, and I, I see that a lot, especially because, you know, people get like get really excited and we'll have a big group doing Ironman. And sometimes right. people 
want to do that, but they're just not ready for it. And so there, there are ways around that. I mean, you, those people, you know, even if they're doing a race, that's a little bit longer than you're ready for, they need training partners. And so you don't have to go out for their whole run. They probably need a training partner at the very hardest part of their run. So you can go out and run your three miles at like the later part of their miles for their longest run. And like you get that camaraderie and you're there for them. You're really contributing in a, in a legitimate way to, you know, them being able to get across the finish line. So are there are ways to contribute and participate, yeah. even if you're not biting off the whole elephant or whatever? So, yeah. So maybe what your goal is, is that I am going to p- participate in some of the training with yes. these people rather than the goal having to be, I have to go and do that race. Exactly. Maybe I go and support that yes. race and yes. go and cheer on and... And yeah, that's a, what and, builds yeah. the community because then, you know, then when it's your time to get to do it they're going to be really excited for you, yeah. right? And so it builds and like you, anybody who's trained for something big and scary knows how much you need people there to show up for you. Yeah. So, you know, it's a fun. Yeah. And I'll, I'll have to, I have to say, I'll have these reds come in. Your reds are your, is was training team and they'll come no, into no. the clinic and they'll be like, um, oh, Amy, you have to come do, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. It's, I don't want to say Iron Man, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I'll be like, oh my God, that would be so fun. Is there a half Iron Man option? <laughs> no. Then no, I'm not going. You know, like, like I'm not going to just do a, a full Iron Man because the group is going, it would be lovely. Oh my gosh. But and no. I will say it is hard as a coach. Like you get this, you get the momentum going and you know, I really have to watch myself and make sure that like the people who are signing up for the event are ready for it. Cause it's so yes, fun. It is. You know? Um, okay. What's, a, what's, what's another well, reason I mean, we make these mistakes? I think kind of going hand in hand with that is that I think sometimes people legitimately don't understand that they're doing too much um, too soon or that time goals aren't realistic because you don't, I mean, that's something you learn over time and especially, well, I, again, it's not just if you're new. Like, right. I, I just think legitimately sometimes people, people don't know. Right. Right. And and that's the job. That's where you, when you have somebody who knows what they're doing, a coach to help guide you and make those objective decisions. Oh. There's another thing, another goal that people will, you know, there's this thing about like, oh, I want to complete 50 states running a marathon in all 50 states by a certain time, by the time I turn 45 or by the time, whatever, or just complete it during my running career. Um, Whether it's that or achieving a certain number of races in a certain period of time and whether or not this is an internal goal or an external goal, like this is what your friends are, either way, um, it's the feeling that you should do something or that you have to do it because you've set this long-term goal. Um, I think that's a, one of the reasons we make mistakes mm-hmm. is because we feel like we should yeah. or we have to. For sure. Um, and, you know, I think some of that, too, like you get into sort of a rhythm and it becomes your community and it's what you've always done. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like that's just what you do and you're not really thinking about if it's fits your life for that year. Um, and then, you know, one that is really big, and I saw this especially with COVID, is that you already signed up and so you've already, like the financial uh, commitment's already there and yes. you're already invested. And so it's really hard, especially, you know, with COVID you could defer. And so what ended up happening was interesting with COVID is that a lot of people had signed up for races and then they'd gotten deferred because of COVID for like two or three years. And so then they came out of COVID and they had this like really monstrosity of a race, like either a half or a full Ironman um, after just going through three years of COVID and then they had this thing on the calendar. And so there was no real thought about like, is this a good 
time for me? <laughs> Am I ready decision. for it? Yeah, like, choice. did my yeah. life get blown to shit during COVID? And now yeah. I have like, you know, 140 miles I'm supposed to go do and I paid for it. So I'm going to go do it. And, you know, right. I think a lot of us did that. And I, you mm-hmm. know, that happens in a smaller degree, like in normal life. But I think that's something we can all relate to because it's expensive, especially triathlon. Yeah. I mean, Good gracious. Well, you know? just that thing in, in your mind that you signed up for, you've made this commitment to yourself. But there's also the commitments that we've made to someone else, yes. too. Like, I promised I would go yes. help you do your first marathon or something like yes. that. And the why, that is that is one oh of my the... gosh. One of the things that contributes to us making a mistake that doesn't yes. align know, with ourselves. so interesting. I have met, I met with these two athletes um, a couple weeks ago, and one of them is really gung-ho to doing like a 70.3 and the other just has had some real struggles and is is just not really is not at a place that it feels to me like 70.3 is a good decision and I can see that dynamic playing out where there's just it can be very very difficult to look to your friend and say you know this isn't something I'm going to do right now and Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 hard to say you're not going to do it and then I find that instead of like looking and saying, this is what I can do. So I can come out and train with you for the last 15 miles of your hard bike ride or your last three miles of your long run. It's just like, well, I'm not going to do any of it. Or I'm going to totally ignore the whole situation, not acknowledge any of it, sign up, and then have this huge guilt spiral because I'm not actually doing the training and it makes me insanely anxious. And it's on my calendar and I've paid for it. But I'm just going to stick my head in the sand and not do any of the training. And it's like an oncoming train that you have to deal with that makes you an anxious basket case. Right. Not to mention, though, the fact that your training partner who, you know, and your teammate and your friend and everything doesn't want you to do any of that. Exactly. If you just said, I can't do it, they'd be like, that's okay. Because nobody wants that for their friend to come and overexert themselves or have all this anxiety. They do not. And you they, know what? If you think of you're doing a race and you like, you know, you have a race and you know it's going to be hard. Would you rather, you know, how much would you like to have a friend say, honestly and clearly, I can't do that race with you, but I'd love to show up and get in like the last part of your training rides with you and the last part of your runs with you. Right. And if you still have that bond and then it's better for everybody. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how incredibly difficult that is for people. It is. And again, this can create difficulty setting up our goals when we have these different things out. Yeah. Out yeah. That are causing. And sometimes we're not aware of them. So I feel like Wait. this podcast is just to sort of raise that awareness. It is. It's exactly why we're doing it. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk. We've talked about um, the mistakes that we see. Um, some of the reasons why we make these mistakes, and there's a whole lot more out there reasons why, but that's some of them. But there's also some factors we need to consider when we're creating goals. And let's just talk about goals for a second, because those are like, I like this analogy, um, that our goals are like the roots of a tree, and they need to be really strong. They are laying a foundation, and all our training is going to support those goals. Yeah. But those goals need to be realistic in the first place and it can be very hard to assess these on your own and be truly honest with yourself about them and it's very helpful to have an objective person like a coach <laughs> like Liz, Liz for me to help to help you um, make sure that those goals are realistic um, and I think it's good to ask yourself que- th- these questions do your goals fit your current lifestyle, your athletic age, and your health status. 
Um, and we mentioned all of those factors in our three-part recovery podcast, but we're going to revisit them today and look at them through the lens of creating goals. Mm-hmm. So Liz, let's start with that first one, our current lifestyle. What do we mean by that? Well, I think this is a big one that gets real missed, um, you know, because so one of my favorite habit gurus, um, James Clare, who wrote Atomic Habits, says we must create room for our habits to exist. And if so, the habit we're talking about here is is training and exercise mm-hmm. and setting your goals. And so looking at your lifestyle and, and deciding if, you know, are you able to make room in your lifestyle for the training to exist? Because if not, you're just going to keep bumping up against that. And so, you know, when you're thinking about if you have room, like, do you actually have the time to train? You know, you need to consider your family, friend, your family, kids, you know, job. Have you just gotten a promotion? Did you just lose a job? Do you have the time? Does your family support you? You know, mm-hmm. um, do you have the financial resources, especially for triathlon, because it can be very expensive. There are ways to cut costs, but you know, that's a real consideration. And then the thing that gets sort of tricky is that people, okay, they're like, so I have the time available, but instead of asking if you have time available, do you have energy availability? Like, are you managing your energy, not just your time? Yeah. Which is a huge one and a very different question. As a good reminder to all that, Amy, you have a really physical job, right? And so, like, you may come home after work and you may have two hours of time you could exercise, but you've just been treating patients for 10 hours. Yeah. It's a very physical job. Like, that's a real different... Yeah, the energy is on low. Yeah. The gas tank is on empty. Yeah. Or like the time might be there, but the but the energy is... Exactly. And that's very real. I mm-hmm. think people get really down on themselves, but that's a real factor in the equation. Yep. And then we have... We talked about lifestyle here. Mm-hmm. What about athletic age? This is the number of years in your sport. And we talk about this in our recovery podcast. Let's review what it is. This is the period of time... When our body becomes more durable to handle the load of the sport versus our chronological age, like how old we are. Yeah. Um, and that incorporates a lot of uh, variables. It's talking about our cardiovascular development. So usually our cardiovascular system develops pretty quickly with consistency. Huh. Okay. <laughs> it does decline with chronological age, by the way, but it comes pretty quickly. Compared to like our musculoskeletal system, which is our bones, our muscles and tendons, those need a lot of time to develop to the load. And it can take years for that body system. Yeah, you're going to say something. Well, I just wanted to make that really clear. So the the bones, muscles and tendons need time to develop to handle the training load. Like to make that clear, that's like your body's ability, like when you go run and every time you land, it's your body's, like the the more time you spend running the better your body absorbs that pounding without mm-hmm. getting hurt. Right. Right. And that's what that's we mean exactly. when that takes time. Yes. Where with swimming, maybe it's not, your load is not as, you know, going to be as much. That might come up, a, 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 might come to you a little quicker. Yeah. They're different things. With <laughs> they're swimming. different things. Yeah. But then that leads us into the component of neuromuscular development. Mm-hmm. So that is not our muscles, bones, and tendons. Well, it is, but it's the connection of our brain, our mm-hmm. nerves, to that, the wiring that is going to help us with our form and our efficiency. So that's years of practice. Mm. Um, and that assumes that you are practicing it correctly and not, <laughs> you know, letting your feet drag on the floor of the pool while you're swimming. Doing that for years is not going to develop efficiency. So no. my the athletic age for swimming uh, 
might be a little bit less than the actual number of years you've been doing it if you've been doing it incorrectly. Same with bike and run. Uh, But it's not just the physical. So it's not just like our cardio, our muscles, and our neural development, our wiring. It's also our street smarts because our mental experience in handling, training, and races all of that is also something that has an athletic age. Yeah, because you learn, you learn, you learn so much from the doing of like how to handle it, how to mentally get through the tough spots. Yeah, you know how to not get through the tough spots when you're not supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. Pull back. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, um, it's a huge part of it. Um, and so yeah, so so how do you calculate your athletic age? So again, we're talking about how long you've been consistently doing a specific activity. So how do you kind of figure out where you are in terms of your athletic age for something? Um, and I think a good example of this is like, Amy, if we look at, at you when, when we started working together mm-hmm. and, you know, you'd been running for decades. So you had a ton, like you had a much an old athletic age. Hey! <laughs> no, but that's true. But it's true. Over 30 years of running. Yeah, right. So your body was super durable. You knew a lot about how to manage the run, et cetera, et cetera. But with swimming, um, that wasn't the case. Like swimming's pretty new to you. And so we were started with really basic things. So it's almost like you're zero, you know, like you're mm-hmm. learning how to breathe and how to get your face in the water and, you know, all of the things that you have to do to, to set yourself up for swimming. And so that's that's just an example of like those are two, like you're an athlete. You've been an athlete for a long time. Athletic age for running is is old. Athletic age for swimming was was very young. And so then you approach your goals for those, you know, individual activities differently. And and we have to be honest about that age. Like if you've taken long breaks from the sport during Mm -hmm. that time period or um, you've had long periods of, uh, you know, have you been consistent or or you had periods of half-assed training? Because that's what, I mean, if you could dabble in a sport for five years, and yes. think that your athletic in you know age is five years, but that does not equate to the athletic age of being consistent in the sport for and five years. And that is years. so important because if you think <laughs> about like the reason your athletic age matters is because what you get from that is like how durable your body is for a training load. Yep. So you're making decisions about that. It doesn't matter if you've you know if you've dabbled for five years, but you've gotten like one year's worth of experience, well then that would reflect the goals you set, right? It's very yep. different than if you've And I just thought of something else, too, because Mm -hmm. you could be training consistently for something, but maybe you don't have a lot of experience racing. Yeah. And then you go to race and you realize, like, there's a lot of stuff that goes in with to that, into the mental of the racing, too. And just having experience racing, there's that athletic age for that. Well, you know, and something, a place that I see that a ton is so interesting um, is when I get people especially like swimmers who are like collegiate swimmers yes or even high school swimmers and they you know they've really know how to swim in the pool they've got that nailed and they expect that that is going to translate to open water and i mean oh yeah it is and it's not it's sometimes it's it's not only that they like there's i mean that's a whole podcast in and of itself but (laughs) the open water is very different not just like in terms of all of the environmental factors but like how you what you do with your stroke um, what your paces are going to be, how you navigate around other people. And then uh, it's interesting because they they think they've got it sort of mastered. And then sometimes you'll have panic in open water. Mm-hmm. And that's a real issue. If you've never had any experience with panic in open water and you get in your, for your first race and you think you're going to lick it oh, and then you get pulled God. out for panic. And that right. creates, uh, many times that creates years of mental work to get out of that because you don't have any skills to deal with that panic moment. So that's a really good it's a good example of a ra- of of that ra- kind of race experience. Yeah, and you have the uh, physical athletic age, but like mm-hmm. 
but you not know, the all race. the other pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, I'm glad we got that in yeah. there. <laughs> Lucky you all. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god. We're full of ourselves today. Okay. So let's talk about what are, what is a realistic athletic age example. So like, let's just assume that we have consistency. We've had proper recovery. We don't have any of these outside factors that that cause issues like injury or whatever. Um, I would like to give an example of like what's realistic in terms of going from okay, we've done our first 5K and then our goal, our long-term goal is to run a marathon. Realistically, if you're considering all of these things, it should be about three years of consistent training. Yeah. And what would be a good example in the world of, of triathlon? I mean, I'm thinking of that song like, dream, dream, dream. <laughs> and I'm imagining all the people listening to this that are looking at their radio, like just rolling their eyes right now. But if I had my dream, I mean, if you start off at a sprint and like you want to do like an Ironman, I mean, three to five years, I yeah. would love. Like, you know, I mean, it could easily be longer, but. Right. This is, and it's, it's often it's, shorter. It's going to be different for each athlete. It is. Um, it can be done shorter. Can I mean, it be done well shorter? Can you survive right. with your limbs intact? I mean, people right. do, but. People do. Um, so let's talk about, so we're saying, okay, is this, is your goal realistic for, you're going to go through your goals. Is it realistic for your lifestyle? Is it realistic for your athletic age? Who's, who's, whose phone is dinging? I don't even have mine up here. <laughs> ding, it's got to be mine. Hold on, please. Okay, so that was like uh, in the old TV sets when it would be like, pause for dif- technical difficulties. <laughs> and you got we the just rainbow have... screen. <laughs> yeah, that. Re- okay, so that just shows our age. Mm. Okay, so let's consider whether or not the goals are realistic in terms of health status. So, do you have an injury? This is one of the questions that we're going to ask regarding and health status. Yes. You know, injury, physical or mental. Right. Because we could have like mental a, health is just mental health important. issues are really important to consider. That's part of your health status. So, for example, are you recovering? So, do you have an injury? Um, are you recovering? Maybe you're recovering postpartum. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've had some changes in your body. So, this would be changes in health status. Would be like weight changes, hormonal changes, mm-hmm. your chronological age, mm-hmm. um, other health diagnoses. Perhaps you've had 20% of your meniscus removed. That's me. Um, The meniscus is the cushion in your knee. Mm -hmm. That's going to make a difference. So you might have realistic, achievable goals for your athletic age and lifestyle, but you're nursing that spot that just won't heal. So contrary to popular belief, endurance (laughs) training does not help your injuries heal. So adding a race to the calendar does not make your injury suddenly heal faster. You've got to be... Oh, wait. She's going to Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely 100% positive. These are the people I see in the clinic. <laughs> so be honest with yourself. I have... I know you have this all, mm-hmm. is, as well, but I also have for my runners that I'm coaching an intake form, right? And it asks lots of different questions. Your age, how long have you been running, blah, 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 blah. But we also ask for injury history and how many times have you had that new athlete that says, no injury history, none. But then once training is underway and pain and injury starts to pop into there, pop into the training peaks and the athlete says, oh, yeah. Oh, I have a history of chronic plantar fasciitis. I had it last season, but I took time off. Mm-hmm. Oh, my So gosh. I didn't think it was going to be a problem. <gasps> I mean, yes. 
I I get it. It's very easy to lie to yourself and be hopeful or that it won't just don't punch. know. And people just don't know. But it's, it's I mean, so important for your coach to know. And if you don't have a coach and you're making plans for yourself to know, you can change and personalize your training that takes into account that history of injury. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't do it. You're not injured right now, right? right. But you've got this history of it. Um, because we can take steps, you can take steps for prevention mm-hmm. and to avoid recurrence and it makes a difference in how you, you the goals that you yeah. set, but also how you line up that training. It must take that health status into consideration. Well, I feel like I could write a book called The Secret Lives of Athletes. Like the <laughs> oh, things yeah. they don't tell your coach, you know, not oh. even always on purpose, but. Right. Well, it even happens in the clinic too. Oh so yeah, just, it's not on it, just Not even with like athletes. So mm-hmm. you'll ask them, you know, you're asking all your subjective questions, you know, in injury history for whatever reason. Um, and oh no, I, I have no, no, no. And, but then as you get going with yeah. this person, they're like, oh yeah, I did break my toe last year yeah. or, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, well, yeah. This, it makes a difference. So it's well, just, it's not unusual. And it's not on purpose. It's not. It isn't. And it's people, not trying to withhold something it's not, from your coach it's not. or yourself. But that is also, you know, when, like with your coach, when they ask you to log stuff, part of that is because that's the stuff we're looking for. It's like the things that people don't know they're doing necessarily. Right, that pattern. A pat, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like, and it's our job to see that so that we can modify training. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Liz, you have an example. Let's go through some examples. You have an example of an athlete that you're working with um, that really shows how athletic age takes a role in our goals. Yeah, this is this is super fun. This is one of my favorite Things that happens, like you could, as a coach, you can see somebody kind of progressing through the different stages. But I have a gal, um, we probably worked together, I don't know, seven or eight years. Um, and when she first came, she was like really brand new to um, definitely to triathlon and endurance sports and kind of, you know, fairly new to sports. She really couldn't swim. She had a lot of health issues um, that we were tackling. And, you know, over seven years, we've been, she's an excellent, she's the best goal setter I've ever worked with. So that's why this has gone so well. That's props to her. But over seven years, we've tackled like one thing at a time, very intentionally, very specifically. Again, props to her for that. Um, And at this point now she's done, you know, multiple 70.3s and she actually just finished her second Ironman this year and has just done an incredible job with it. And as we've gone through that, like our overarching goal for her has been, um, no injuries and to be able to complete the race like the completing the race was a huge goal given where she'd come from right so we weren't focused on necessarily time goals in except that we needed to make the cutoff right so there are very important time goals for that reason but our goal was really like to progress in sport no injury and and to make the cutoff um, and be able to complete the race well you know fast forward now seven years and we just got to have a conversation about now her body is really and her mind is really ready for some much more aggressive training where we can set some time goals and we can push out of the comfort zone in ways that we haven't been able to before and do some training that is like really way beyond just like we know she can complete it. And so now she's physically and mentally ready to like tackle some goals that really took us seven years to be ready to, to do. And it's so fun because now I get to, you know, set different, different goals in her training than we never ever gotten to do before. And it's, it's, and she's ready for it, which makes it super fun. And it's, it's a very different way of training. So it's fun for her because it's like all this new stimulus gets yes. to be in her training plan that yes. wasn't there before because she wasn't ready. Things related to more performance. Yes. Goals. Yes. 
like in, in improving not just completion and not just injury prevention, which of course are always the fundamental goals, but like now some actual like performance goals related to like some times and that sort of stuff, which is, yeah. you know, she's worked really hard, but it's so fun to get to see that. Yes. And, you the know? and they're not can, hurt. Yeah. Yes. Which is and so fun. And the reason fun. she can do this is because she's been consistent with that training she over has. that seven years. So her athletic age is truly that seven She is a completely yeah. different person now oh my gosh I love that which is so that. much fun and it's so hard to do so she's a fun example but you know if you struggle with that like it's that's it's really difficult to do yeah but it's worth it man yeah yay um so then let's talk about let's give an example of when our health status changes so yes. that's me big sign you have a great example arrows pointing to me so I, if you haven't listened to some of our other podcasts or follow me on Instagram or anything, you might not know, but um, uh, had a lot of changes this last year yeah. in health. So diagnosed with an autoimmune um, disease, which affects the joints, all my joints. Um, and it's one of those things where you like you do too much, uh, your body is going to revolt. Um, so it's finding that balance there. But then there was also uh, a torn meniscus. We had surgery to remove part of the meniscus. So a lot of changes. Yeah. Okay. And it took a year, a whole year, to just get back to where I could run on, I think it was the last few days of the year, I <laughs> logged my longest mileage, which was a six-mile long run. Good for you. Okay, and then my fastest mile of the year I got to do, but that fastest mile was slower than my half marathon race pace. Okay, so it's like, I didn't go out there and do, I mean, you know, it's, that's hard to take. Because yes. that is really important. So it was your it was your longest run of the year. It was your fastest mile of the year. But your fastest mile was slower Small. right now than your normal half marathon pace. My my normal half marathon race pace. And yeah, or even training pace. Or even training really. pace. Really. So that's a hard pill to swallow, right? Yes. It's no, regardless of my athletic age. This health history change. This health status change. Um, it has to impact what my goals are coming up now, yes. right? So it's like, oh gosh, we got to run six miles consecutively. That's amazing. Yeah, I can. I am now. I can do that a bit faster pace than I've been able to do for a long time. Okay. Yeah. So what does that mean? What are my? What are my? You be my objective person. Okay. What is going to be my realistic goal just for running based yeah. on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and so one, you're going to celebrate your victory. <laughs> Right? Because it's really hard when you're in that situation. Right. And so I think I, it's so exciting. And Kate Chuck did that. Okay. Announced it to the whole world. I know. <laughs> well, it's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, if I was looking at that as a coach, like, you know, we're not going to look at increasing the distance and the intensity at the same time. Right? right. So what we would look at is either, like, perhaps your next goal would be able to run, like, you could stay with that six miles, but at some point be able to run like one and a half or two miles at that faster pace. So maybe gradually work to increase the pace for a longer, increase the intensity for a longer duration. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe, or <laughs> you might work up to like start inching your way towards seven or eight miles, but you're not going to go out and like try and run all six miles at that new intensity or go out and run 10 miles, right? You're going to pick one thing to increase the load. 
which mm-hmm. is either the intensity or the distance, and keep progressing like you have. Yeah. Right? You're not injured and you're making progress. So, you know, if it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right? right. So and just keep Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there's so many goals aligned with that. So that's like, okay, what would be my, that's like sort of my running goal in terms of like pace or distance. But then there's also this goal not to re-injure myself. Right? Absolutely. And then there's this goal like, what is the long-term goal is not going to be to run marathons again. I've got 80% yeah. of my knee cushion. Yeah. So my goal may be the farthest I'm going to go train for is a half marathon. So sure. all of these things are, are different and that, because I of think, my health status. And that, I think, is like a super long-term goal. And I think that depends on your smaller steps, right? right? So you see how it goes. And then, and that's the roots for your tree, right? Because right. you're going to do these smaller things. You're going to see what's actually happening in your training and those are the roots that we were talking about. That's how you make rooted, grounded decisions right. for your goals. And we can't rush those. No. You There's no miracle at. grow to add to the root There's system. There's not miracle Unfortunately. Grow. Okay. So let's go to our, let's, we've given an example of athletic age and setting goals. We've given an example of health status. Let's give an example of lifestyle. So I've got a good one for this one. Oh boy. You so do. I had an athlete, yes, come to me last year. And her goal was to qualify for Boston. Okay. It was not an unrealistic goal based on her performances. She was absolutely 100% capable. It was not a stretch at all Mm. based on her previous marathon times and her training paces and all of those things to be able to achieve that. It was not a stretch at all. Because you've got some people where there's a little bit of a stretch, a big stretch, and an absolute unrealistic, right? This person could do it. Let me tell you a little bit about her lifestyle. She's a mother of young children. She was a teacher training during the school year. And teachers after the pandemic, things are cray cray for them. Okay. It's oh, not it's insane. It's, it's insanity. It is a very hard it's job. It's very different than it used to be. She lives in a remote location. We're talking far, far away from really good, you know, specialized healthcare. Um and also just terrain, making it difficult to train outdoors. Well, and when you say far away, you're talking three hours to We're like, talking three hours to yeah. major city. Yeah. In all directions. Yeah. Like just living on the top. I mean, of it's a not like mountain. an inconvenient forty-five <laughs> no, minute drive. No, it's not. No. Um, and this person also has an injury history, also that we have to take into account, and does not have access to or close access. We're talking three hours away from someone who would be specializing in sports or run specific physical therapy, for example. So, this is a good example of somebody who is lacking many of the lifestyle issues that we've talked about: lack of time, lack of energy, and lack of resources. Mm-hmm. And we then that injury kind of started to layer on, and and then we didn't have the physical therapy and access to that that we that we would need to be able to help her. So she was unable to qualify this time, and but that is okay. Yes, it's it is okay. Okay. Yes. Considering all of the challenges. Yes, I tell my athletes because you know to to varying degrees, I feel like this is a very common scenario and. You know, I just, you know, running and triathlon are not going anywhere. They will be here for a long time. Yep. And, you know, when it's a good time, you can come back. So, like, the judgment and the, the yeah, it's it gets, it can get real, it can be a mess in your head around stuff like that. Right. Despite the desire, mm-hmm. the will, mm-hmm. even consistency towards something. And the realistic possibility. Realistic, right. The realistic goal setting. Um the stars have to kind of align on the day as well. So, okay, let's recap. Do your goals make sense? Mm. Are they realistic? For your current lifestyle. Yeah. 
and considering all the other factors. Mm-hmm. And are they tailored to you? Yes. Your person. Okay. We have down here. Next time we're going to talk about, and this is what we wanted to say. And I, I said to we are not going to put ourselves into an effing box. No. <laughs> because we've decided it's not good to tell you guys what we're going to talk about no. next time because then it sets up more stress. It it's not good towards our goals. No. It's not realistic to set that up for ourselves. Um, David pointed that that out. He was he walked by listening to us talk about it and he's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> he's like he's like tell everybody share with them the experience that you're going through because it does it relates to what we're talking about well sure here i mean because this is this this is hard podcasting is hard this is hard and we never know if we're going to set up a meeting and we're going to meet next friday and we're not going to have a gazillion other things that are going to be thrown in our way and make it difficult for us to talk about that topic right then for you. So we're not going to tell you what we're talking about next time. You're just going to. The big mystery. The big mystery. Tune in. You're just going to have to wait and see. (laughs) Tune in. We would love to hear your comments. And one of the ways that you can share your comments is by going to our website, the Coach Amy and Coach Liz Show.com. We want to hear what you guys have to say about goal setting. Thanks so much for listening. And remember... We are in this together. Until next time.